so much, Sally, and good morning, everybody. Um, just sorry, we've had some, some technical difficulties this, this week and this day. Actually, have our internet was out this week, which was a bit of a challenge, and then sorry, there's been some problems outside today as well. We, if there is any still problems with sound out there, there are still some spare chairs inside now if anyone needs to come in. But um, yeah, it's great to have so many people here today. I think we're actually using all the chairs that we have before. We didn't actually ran out of, of chairs. Um, I had a feeling this would happen because uh, someone told me, some pastor just like gave me some like tricks of the trade one day and they said, everyone comes to church first Sunday in February. So if you want to say anything, <laughs> say it on the first Sunday in February. It's just some inbuilt thing. <laughs> And there's a lot of us here today, which is, which is awesome. And if, if you're visiting or if, you, if, you're, if you're new or you're just um, here for a short while, we're just really grateful to be, be with you today. Hey, Mum and Dad are here today as well. How are you guys? How are you going? Um, and um, yeah, we're actually starting a new series this morning as well. Um, we started one last week, but like I said, that one last week is going to kind of chop through about once a month. Um, this one we're going to do for the next three weeks, but then a couple of other times throughout the year. And if you can see, I don't know how well you can see that. Um, you might see some people you recognize there. Um, John and Julia are up there um, dressed in medieval clothes. Uh, they couldn't be here today, um, not well with, with COVID, so we're thinking of, thinking of them and their son today. Um, you can kind of just see there's a baptism actually happening here. That's actually John Driver baptizing his, his son-in-law, Chris. There's some pictures of camps. There's some other dress-ups. Uh, just some history of Rivers Church for Christ, where, where we are. And um, this series is called Honoring the Legacy. And um, the sort of thinking behind it, we actually shared at the AGM, uh, if you were here, end of last year, that, that Rivers um, is actually coming up to being 50 years old uh, next year in 2024. Um, and we kind of just want to make a big deal about that and, and in sort of preparation for that, just really celebrate the past and, and what we're, with you, the phrase we're using is honour the, the legacy, um, tell the stories, because we would love to see this continue for another 50 years into the future. Um, I actually found um, some different things. John Flood has a lot of different history and sent me a stack of stuff back in the day. I found this one, which is actually the fifth anniversary celebrations. Um, and back then, phone numbers were only seven digits. I was like, that's so interesting. And um, I said, let's grow and go in 8-0, um, which I don't know how that worked because we started in 1974, but it's fifth anniversary in 1980, but it was pretty, pretty close. But in 1980, I was negative eight. So <laughs> I wasn't there. <laughs> um, but I don't know, was anybody here for the fifth anniversary? I mean, no, John and Julie and Hazel. Hazel would have been there. You can't remember. You can't remember. <laughs> was anybody else here? I don't know. Oh, yeah, was here? Awesome. Yeah, so good. Yeah, cool. John and, yeah, John and Val. Yeah, Hazel, Hazel was there from the start. Yeah, which is so, so cool. Um, so, um, yeah, I, this will be actually my 18th year sort of being a part of, of Rivers, um, but, but that's a short bit of the history of almost, almost 50 years. So, so yeah, we want to kind of make a big deal about that, and, and particularly sort of as a leadership, we've been talking about that because what we feel is, is that actually as a church, it's really a key time we're in of actually generational change and, and transition, and there's, there's a whole generation of people who have really built this, this church, literally, as we'll talk about later, but, but built this community and held it together. And what really needs to happen is for that to transition and for uh, more people to stand up to, to carry that into the, the future. And that's a big process to go through. Um, but it is something that we see happen in Scripture, um, that God works across generations. We see this in Psalm 145. It says, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. 
One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. It's actually a biblical thing to tell of what God has done and to pass that across generations. Um, it says in uh, verse 13 of that psalm, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. That God's kingdom that we're a part of endures all gener- generations. And, and we're going to be talking a bit about um, the kingdom and the, the sort of the global body of Christ today and, and the scriptures, but then we're also going to talk more specifically about our local church as well. But, but ultimately what matters is the kingdom and We're a part of God's kingdom and God's work in the world, which has been going on for thousands of years. And sometimes people get nervous about what's the future of that. And there's no need to get nervous. Like God's kingdom lasts for generations. It's not going anywhere. God's work will be successful in the world. There's no need to be afraid. His dominion endures through all generations. But um, God's kingdom, the way that he works, is that he reveals his kingdom in embodied forms and through ultimately through families and groups of people. And we're actually going to look at Scripture because God works through families, one particular family in the story of the Bible, but then he also works through local gatherings of believers still today. And what families do is they pass on the stories. Obviously, all generations... Generations come and go, but what preserves the legacy in the past is the stories that are told. God even connects himself personally to families and to one particular family, the family of Abraham. When God comes to Moses and kind of almost introduces himself to Moses who's in the wilderness and commands him, it says in verse three of Exodus, chapter 3 of Exodus, Go, assemble the elders of Israel, like the heads of the family. Say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob appeared to me and said, I've watched over you and have seen what has been done to you in Egypt. God um, identifies himself as the God of your fathers. And often he refers to himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Not the God of just Abraham, but of his children of multiple generations. He personally identifies with this family. And really at the foundation of, of this family of the, which comes the nation of Israel that God works through in the world, at the foundation of that is a man um, and his wife who are old, too old to have children, but have been promised that they will be the founders of this family. That's their foundation story. And they tell that story again and again because it's part of their identity, that they are a family that is here because of God. Without God, they would not exist. They were in an impossible situation. They were unlikely people, but God chose to work through them and provide children for them. That's their story and becomes part of their identity. There's uh, another foundation story that Sally just read out before that the Israelites are commanded to tell because it's such an important story that needed to be passed on. It says this in Deuteronomy 6. I'll read it again. In the future, when your son asks you, what is the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, and laws the Lord our God has commanded you? Tell him this story. We were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Before our eyes, the Lord sent signs and wonders, terrible, great and terrible, on Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. But he brought us out from there to bring us in and give us the land he promised on earth to our ancestors. The Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear the Lord our God, so we might always prosper and be kept alive, as is the case today. Again, this particular story is so foundational to the people of Israel who are a family and groups of families that they had to keep telling this and obviously have the Passover meal to, to celebrate it as well, that at the foundation of their existence is that they were slaves, but God came 
and he heard their cry, and he rescued them with mighty power. He brought them out, and he gave them land. And that's their identity. They are the family, that that's their story. And even if that didn't happen to them, they're to see that as their story, that they then continue to serve and live with this God. Our story then is that we actually get to be included in that family, that God works through the people of Israel, the children of Abraham, through the whole Old Testament, through their ups and downs, that ultimately leads to Jesus. And where most of us come in, if we're not Jewish background, is that we were outsiders, we were sinners, we were without God, we were without hope, we were even rebels toward him, ignorant of him, but he came and made a way for us by grace to join this family. It says in Galatians 3, So in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. God starts this family with Abraham. He really bursts them in many ways through the exodus in, in, out of Egypt and then leads them for thousands of years that ultimately come to, to Jesus who then opens the door for everybody. And now we come to become God's children through faith in, in Christ. We're adopted. We are in the family. Our story, at the foundation of our story, if we're followers of Jesus, is that our story is one of grace, that we didn't deserve anything from God. We had no claim. We had no birthright. We, we were just guilty, but he came to be with us, to offer his self for us, to die for us, to rescue us. He's risen again. Now we're adopted as children. We've been bought by his blood. We've been filled by the Spirit, and that's our identity as Christians. It's based on what he has done. So we have to keep telling the story of Jesus, and that's in many ways why we even exist as a church, is to continually tell and live out these stories because they are actually true stories. Jesus is real and alive, and this is the true history of the world. And the story is so important, and that's part of the reason why the Bible is actually so full of narrative, is because we need to hear these because they teach us who God is, who we are, and then we continue to live out that as well. So in Scripture, again and again, God's people are commanded to tell these stories. And we often, the main place we hear them, right, is in the Bible. Which are, and the Bible is not just an account of things that happen, but it's actually God speaking to us by his word as well. But I sort of say all that to start with as, as an introduction, because that's ultimately the family that really matters, that, that we're a part of, is that we're a part of God's family, through faith in Jesus, that were part of the global body of Christ, that were connected across backgrounds, across denominations. There's only one actual church. And that's actually a very Church of Christ belief, right? We're a Church of Christ, but one of the most foundational things is to kind of not care that you're Church of Christ. It's to sort of say, it doesn't matter about being Church of Christ, it matters about following Jesus. There's only Christians. People who follow Jesus is what matters. Ultimately, it doesn't matter what local church you belong to, but that you belong to Jesus. But at the same time, if we say, well, we're just a part of the global body of Christ, family of Abraham, God's people in the world, but that doesn't actually get embodied in reality somewhere, it can't actually be seen. Uh, we actually need 
local groups of people who express what the kingdom looks like, express what God's heart looks like, and really that's where the local church comes in. And it doesn't have to be a church building, but what I mean by that is just a regular committed group that gather and express what it looks like to follow Jesus together. And um, just like the, the story of Israel has foundational stories that get passed on, just like uh, Jesus and what he has done is our foundational story for our entering the family. So too, each of us personally would have a testimony of coming to faith in, in God and a story of his faithfulness. And also, local churches and groups corporately have stories, have foundation stories, and have history of what God has done. And if we want to see those continue and be preserved, there's an opportunity to tell the stories and pass them down. So that's kind of a, 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 kind of a big introduction um, to this series and kind of the thinking behind it, because um, we feel like this is a really important thing to do at the moment, that actually this church has been an expression of the, of the kingdom for almost 50 years, and, and leading into that celebration, this is an opportunity to actually hear about that and, and to um, be able to preserve that and to be able to pass that on to another generation. If you think about it, it's quite remarkable, right, that, that because of Jesus, we're a part of Abraham's family. It's, we're kind of, we're included in that. A lot has changed since Abraham's time, right? Um, but God is the same. And we can still connect with that story. A lot has changed since the Exodus. A lot has changed since Jesus. But we still pass on those stories because they teach us who God is and who we are. A lot has changed in 50 years almost since this church started. And we can imagine that in the next 50 years, a lot will change as well. But the stories that we tell are more about the essence of who we are, of what has happened, and what we actually want to see preserved and not change. Because some things will change, but what are the things that we don't want to change, that we want to honour and see continued? So as we said at the AGM, um, just encouraging you to, if, particularly if you have stories of the history of rivers, to, to tell them um, that we really want to hear them. Uh, we actually would really love to be able to document and record some of them so they can be preserved. And if you are new or if you're, you're young, um, I really encourage you to have a posture of wanting to hear the stories and wanting to, to listen and, and to honour them. Because um, Ian Handy has a lot of stories. I made this meme up about it. <laughs> you need stories? I've got a lot of stories, mate. He literally said that in a leaders meeting. <laughs> so I thought, that's a good meme. <laughs> so you can ask, ask Ian for some stories. And John Flood has lots of stories. I'm sure there's so many, there's so many stories. So, um, basically, what I want to do for the rest of the time today is, is actually just tell our foundation story of actually how did rivers start, because you may not know it, but it's actually quite profound, and it really does impact a lot of who we are, and it, in that sense, then, it actually it helps to see what it could look like to preserve and continue this into the future. Because one thing that's so special about Rivers is that Rivers is a family church. It's a really big part of who we are, that, that we are a family, that, that when we approach church, that's the way that we approach it. We don't approach it as a business, though there are business aspects of church that are really important, but that can never be the central focus. The central focus is that we are a family and a worshipping family. Now, every church 
will agree that, that you're a family, right? And every church aspires to be a family. And in many ways, we still aspire to be a family. But the truth is that, that many people over many years have come to rivers and actually experienced family, that it hasn't just been talk. Now, that's not, not saying that it was, it's perfect or any, I don't think anyone would, would say that, but that actually it's something in us and the community that's been built here that people have actually experienced and felt a sense of belonging and community and support. And, and then that's been preserved over many years. And, and in a lot of ways, I think it's actually simply, not simply, but it has to do with how the church actually started. Because it's, it's maybe not how you would think necessarily, especially in our days, how a church would start. So I want to tell you this story. So the way Rivers started, and so I got all this from John Flood, so he's been very, very helpful. Um, the way Rivers started was by a man named Alan Mayle, who uh, a lot of people would, would know here, A.C. Mayle, who was the director of the Churches of Christ Youth Department, and he actually ran for parliament in, in this area. So he wasn't a pastor, but he was working for Church of Christ. He ran for parliament, and I, I don't know exactly how this happened, but sort of through that process, I think he might have seen some like census data or something, but he just noticed that in the, like, the Pine Rivers area, um, this is before Morton Bay Council and all that, um, there were just there were 20 Churches of Christ families in this area, and that there wasn't a Church of Christ in this, this area. So he thought that was interesting, and he passed that information on to the Home Missions Director, who was Bruce Roberts, in 1972. He wrote back to Alan and Kath Mayo, assumed sort of saying, like, well, just see what happens, like, get these people together. So that's what he did. He simply wrote a letter to these 20 families. So there's 20 sort of random families in the area. Some would be going to other churches of Christ out of the area, like Boondal or Zilmir, or some going into the city, or maybe Kedron or others. I don't know, there's lots of people who could correct me on this, so feel free to correct me later. Um, but he wrote a letter to these 20 people and invited them to a meeting. It's just quite interesting to think that happening today, right? Like, you just get a letter, someone you don't know, who says, hey, come to this meeting, we might start a church. And, and, and it's interesting, because they, they had a meeting in Strathpine at Jim and Merle Heath's house, and 14 of those families that were invited met, and then they just decided to start meeting. And that's it, right? That's how the church started. This is actually a list of families from John Flood, um, who met at that first meeting in October 4th, 1974. As you can see, John and Julia are there. Hazel was there as well, so you ask her about that. Um, and others who sort of continued with the, with the church but aren't, aren't here anymore. And um, that's how the church started. Now, I'm not sure what you think of that, but if I'm really honest, when I first heard that story, I was not very inspired. I didn't think it was an inspiring story. Because often the stories you hear, especially these days about people starting a church, is, is one person who gets a word of God, or they have a vision for the area, or they're, they're passionate about some new form of church and, and discipleship, and they've, they've got this big vision to plant churches and expand, and then they're going to start a church, and, and it's going to grow, and it's going to be awesome, it's going to be amazing, let's come and join my church. Like That's kind of what I think of normally when, when someone starts a church. But this is just literally a group of families who thought, yeah, let's meet, and let's keep meeting, and then they did it for almost 50 years. <laughs> like, and that's why we're here. It's just simply families coming together. At the core of the foundation of Rivers is that we actually don't have a single leader. Alan Mayo initiated, 
um, was a part of it, but he wasn't the pastor, he wasn't the leader, he just said, let's get together. And then what actually made the church was groups of families and individuals and people who committed together and stayed together and grew together and, and sustained that for decades. And I think that's why Rivers feels like a family because literally we, what, at our foundation is just a group of families who decided to gather and to continue meeting together. There have been lots of different pastors over the years at Rivers um, who have come and gone and, and many um, that you, you can probably think of some have contributed amazing things and contributed a lot to Rivers. Um, but again, often at the center of a church is, is the pastor. But it's interesting at Rivers that there's been multiple different pastors. At the core has actually not been the pastors. It's been the committed core of members and families who have stayed together through the course, through lots of ups and downs, who have persevered to make this a family church. And really at the foundation of that, and particularly at the foundation of this church building, is that this was a family where people contributed, where people bought in, where people did this together. Um, Rivers didn't actually start here. Um, That first meeting was in a house in Strathpine, and then it moved to a, a place that was called the Upper Room, um, I think in Strathpine as well, and, and sort of was a, there was an external staircase, this upper room where people would meet, and then it moved to this place called the Old Bakehouse, um, and they met there for a little bit, and then after that decided to move to the property here in, in Kalanga. And when moving here, really moved with like a vision for Kalanga and to serve the community and care for the community here. And like I said, this is, people literally built this place. Um, this is prayer happening on this site um, after it was bought. Um, people literally building the foundation, church members doing this together. Building the church. So they're not just building the community, but, but people literally built and furnished this, this church and, and cared for it together. And again, it's a humble, it's a humble story, I think. But then, again, it continued for 50 years, and you could not count how many people have been impacted by time spent at Rivers, even if it was only a short amount of time. There's so many people that I just know in my time that have come here, have grown, who are now pastors, who are missionaries, who serve other churches, people in the community that we've blessed, that that we might never see, the, the missions work that's gone out all over the world, from this place. And that's not to sort of say we're awesome. It's just to say that, that this group of people just decided to meet and continue and God has worked through that in massive ways. And now we are here today because of it, um, because of their perseverance and, and commitment. Um, so, and we're, and we're really talking about now how this could continue for another 50 years into, into the future. Uh, so like I said, I was emailing and, and talking to John Flood a fair bit um, well, I've been getting history from, from him, and he's been really helpful and, and, and to sort of learn some of these stories. Um, and just was emailing him yesterday, and he just said something in, in an email that I uh, hope he doesn't mind me sharing, because it was just so, so great. This is just a summary, really. When I asked John what led to Rivers being a family church and actually feeling like a family, because again, again, not to say we're better than other churches or anything, but, but, but sometimes we can, people can just talk about family, but it's a different thing to experience it. And there's something that's happened here that people can actually experience it here. He said this, It is hard to specify why it was successful. This was a time when couples bought a house on a bare block of land. They cemented their own driveways, erected their own fences, and painted their own houses, and all joined in helping out. Television and internet was not a distraction. 
All church work was on a volunteer basis, and we had part-time ministers. So when it came to starting the church in Ann Street, everyone helped with the building. Working bees generally had the whole family present. Many of the early family camps contributed. The most likely reason was camaraderie and the will of the Holy Spirit, despite our floundering efforts. That's just a beautiful summary of, of what has led to, to Rivers to be um, who, who we are. So I wanted to tell you that as our foundation story, uh, because it is key to who we are, and, and that we are a family church is something in our legacy that we want to see continued into the future. And ultimately, as John says here, this, the, the, the sort of point of this series is not just to to talk about people and how great people were and how great the past was. We want to honour the past, but ultimately what we're doing is honouring God and what he has done through this group of people by his spirit, by, through his grace, who sustained and grown. And ultimately, I believe that it was the Holy Spirit who initiated this, this church to, to start in that humble, humble way. So... Um, because nobody would say that Rivers is perfect. There's, there's been ups and downs. But I think every, people who have been here for a while, who, can, who know the stories, who have experienced God in this place, can say that God has been at work. God has worked over that time. And that he's still working. And that he will work into the future. And what we're actually invited to is to not just honour that legacy and that story, but actually make it our own actually honour it, but then think, well, how can we carry this into the future? How can we preserve what is good here and the way that God has worked? And like John said, in many ways, there is perhaps more challenges for us to do that this day because we have the internet, right? And I don't know how to cement a driveway. And, like the, the, and we are in a church that's already established. We're not, we're not going to build it ourselves. But, but what is it about what this founding group and, and people who have contributed over the last five decades, what is it that they carried that? What does it look like for us to do that? And it might look different, but there will be key things that are, need to continue, and particularly this key of being family church. So we need to think, what does it look like to be a family church where we contribute, where we work together, where we grow together into the future? Because in many ways, what is in River's legacy, particularly this legacy of family church, is actually what's needed People desperately need family. People desperately need a sense of belonging and safety. Christians, non-Christians, people in our area need a safe place to come and meet Jesus and grow together. And that's what Rivers has been, and it, it's needed. Perhaps even more, it's going to be needed even more into the future. Because again, it's easy to talk about, but what matters is that it's actually experienced. And I can say, and, and if you've been here a while, you can um, agree, I'm sure, that there are many people who have experienced family here. Maybe people without families or who are really, who have struggled and God has provided for them in this place because that is his heart. Yeah, I think I'm just emotional because it's his heart. Because it says in Psalm 68, 6, God sets the lonely in families. So what is in the river's legacy is really the heart of God. And that's what we want to honour. And that's what we want to preserve. It's not about how it looks, but it's about what he's doing. And how do we see that continue? Because it's needed. And he has a heart for the lonely. He has a heart for the broken. And we have an opportunity to preserve the way in which this place has been able to provide. And God is able to use us to meet people in that place. So let's not take it for granted. 
confess that I have taken it for granted times I have not honoured the legacy, even as I said when I first heard that story, it wasn't something that I thought very highly of, but I repented of that and say when I have a heart to honour and preserve what God has done here, and I invite you to have that as well, to not take it for granted, and, and I invite you to think about how we could continue that, to see that last and grow on into future generations. So as we finish today, um, we're actually going to take communion together again as, as we did last week. I was, we was speaking about community last week and the need to participate in community and encourage each other and, and be encouraged that we took communion together. And again, if we are family, is a really just a deeper form of community and, and um, there's camaraderie in participating together and serving together. And, and ultimately, we can meet the Holy Spirit as we each contribute and, and, and use our gifts together. So I'll give you some instructions in a, in a moment um, about just how to sort of facilitate this, this time. And, but as we do, I just sort of lead us in, in just recognising again that, that this story that we're a part of, the family that we're a part of, as we take this small meal to remember, at the centre of it is grace. It's a gift that we're in God's family. It's grace that we have forgiveness Jesus, we have by grace. The Holy Spirit, we have by grace. Forgiveness is a gift. Life is a gift. And being in a local church community where we can belong, where we can serve, where we can experience Jesus is a gift. And we're invited to give thanks. So um, what I would like you to do, if you're uh, willing, is to find some people just around you. And you're just going to share this um, practice together. So just pick one person to read a short passage of scripture. It could be one of those. It could be something else to focus you, but can just be brief. Pick one person to say a short prayer of, of thanks. Take the bread and the cup together. And just give you a couple of moments and maybe just an opportunity to briefly share maybe something that encouraged you or, or spoke to you from the service today. And then after a few minutes, I'll come back up here and then we'll, we'll sing um, as we finish off.
Um, we are gonna um, yeah sing together in a moment. Just to encourage you, if yeah, if you're having conversation, just to just to pause for a moment and um, but continue that um, yeah sharing and, and fellowship and encouragement. Continue that. Afterwards, we are having a barbecue as well, so just encourage you to, to stick around. Um, we are going to sing and, and respond together now. Um, we also just have opportunity to give um, offerings as well. Um, they'll just put those details up, up there, just a reminder of different, different ways to give if you'd like to give um, to the work at Rivers as, as well. Um, we just, yeah, just thank you, Lord, for, for your provision for us again over the 50 years. And yeah, we just ask for your provision and, and your guidance and leading. Um, yeah, with funding and resourcing into the future, and yeah, trust that to you, and, and thank you for your grace and love over us. Amen. Um, yeah, as just before we sing, um, there there will also be some time either during the last song or, or after the last song um, to receive prayer. If you'd like prayer for anything, um, there'll just be some people who are over here um, who will, you can come and sit in these chairs or just come down the front and, and ask for some prayer. I'll just there's just a few people that when there's some of us praying this morning who we thought might like to come and receive prayer today but you could come for anything but these just few people are just um particularly maybe parents um of of kids today or people just with a heart for the next generation because yes we talked about the last 50 years but it can be pretty daunting thinking about well what's this going to look like for 50 years to come what's it going to look like for our kids and and if you would just like prayer for wisdom from the holy spirit for that because again it's god's heart this to continue but if you'd like prayer if you feel that stirred in your heart maybe come forward for prayer today um if you're just hurting um someone we're praying for greg greg said people when you're hurting you can you should be able to go to your family if we're family um, you can share your burdens so if you just need someone to pray with or support you i just encourage you to come forward or just ask anyone who who you might like prayer from today um and as well the offer is always there to simply join God's family. If, if you've never done that, if you've never put your faith in Jesus, um, but you want to know Him, if you want to be, have God as your Father, you can simply put your faith in Jesus and, and choose to trust and follow Him. And if you'd like someone to pray with you and help you do that, you could come forward today. But again, could come forward for anything. Um, so I just invite you to, to stand. Um, and you, yeah, you can come forward now or you can come forward after the last song. So we thank you, Lord, for today. I give, give you great thanks for the um, cosmic family of God across multiple generations that you've included us in. The, the stories of Scripture are our story, and we thank you that we know how the story ends and we get to participate in it. And we just thank you for the stories of rivers, um, for your grace, and um, yeah, what we've been able to experience here, whether for short or for long. And we just give you thanks for how you've worked. Um, through many people over many years. And we just pray, God, in your name, Jesus, that it would continue for generations to come, preserve um, your work and your heart and your, your mission to this community. We just pray this in your name. Amen.